Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. What is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. It's a great week, and I am hoping you guys are all staying safe and making smart decisions per usual during quarantine. If you're new here, thanks for joining me today. Lately, I've just been really trying to have a practical and optimistic outlook on everything in life. So if you feel that energy, I am very happy to hear that. So for today's intro, I'm going to try to make it pretty brief as I've been trying to make my intros brief um, in general, but I usually start off with sharing something I'm grateful for. So this week, I am extremely grateful for Julia, who is a part of my podcast team, and hopefully she's listening to this, but I am just so glad, um, you know, how I was able to connect with her a couple months ago and it really, I attribute it to the Chapman community I've built and have been able to connect with on social media, LinkedIn and everywhere. So I'm just so grateful for that because if you guys have listened to a couple episodes before, I have shared um, how grateful I was to have transferred to Chapman and at the time almost three years ago, I almost changed my mind and almost didn't transfer. So um, to see how much opportunity and how I've been meeting like-minded and amazing people throughout the experience, um, it really just makes me feel so good inside. So I'm extremely grateful for it and I just want to share it with the whole world. So (laughs) I hope you guys can think of something you are grateful for as well. Per usual, there's um, no not much of an update for this week on any major life changes aside from the fact that I am still quarantined like most of you, but I have actually been quarantined completely alone. I don't know if that's something I have really made clear or obvious um, on any of my social media platforms, but I live alone and so I've actually been completely by myself the past couple weeks and no human interaction or you know, just not really being able to see people like I normally do, especially for my job with the nature of it being meeting with clients or meeting with my partners and whatever. So interestingly enough, though, I will say I haven't felt that much loneliness or anxiety out of it. And I have to kind of give myself a pat on the back for maybe having outgrown that feeling a little bit because I can imagine myself feeling that anxiety or what I probably would have felt um, a couple years ago when I was still in college. So yeah, I've been living alone. So um, if you guys want to send me a DM or ever want to FaceTime, I am actually all for it or Zoom call. I mean, Um, I'm all for it just because obviously there's not There's not like I can do anything about it, but more importantly, I would love to take the opportunity right now to connect with you guys and, you know, maybe I'll just even do like a group Zoom call one of these weeks and just schedule a time to do like a Zoom call on a Friday with you guys and maybe 
connect a small little community around here so we'll see just definitely follow the instagrams because if i do something like that i'll definitely post it on the instagram but Moving on, I definitely want to share about the guest I have on today. So for today's episode, I have Michelle Reed. She is so lovely and we've been chatting back and forth for a few months actually, probably since December and we've been trying to schedule a time to do the podcast interview and uh, we finally got to sit down and just chat during quarantine. I know things are a little bit slower, but if you don't know her, a little bit about her, she is a 21-year-old lifestyle social media content creator across YouTube, Instagram, and soon-to-be podcasts. She creates content for women in their 20s for navigating post-grad life, including maintaining a productive routine, building healthy habits, and becoming financially independent. She shares her own adulthood journey in hopes of sharing advice for those going through similar life changes, and most importantly, she creates content to make people feel motivated and inspired while also providing a sense of rest in the midst of busyness. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was truly awesome chatting with her. I think she's such a grounded and down-to-earth young woman and I have so much respect for her so without further ado let's get right into the episode. Thank you Michelle for being on today. I know with quarantine and everything going on um, we have a lot more time so I'm super glad that we're finally able to record now. Yes we have been trying to do this for literally months and so (laughs) it took a quarantine to make us actually do it so I'm so excited though I can't wait. Yeah me too. Well why don't we start with kind of just the background info. Um, Share a little bit about yourself with the audience like where you grew up, where you went to college and I guess any other fun facts about yourself. Yeah, so I am from Texas. I'm from the North Texas area, and I was born in Chicago, but have pretty much lived here in Texas my whole life. And so that is where my roots are. But whenever I was in high school, I really felt like I wanted to try something new. And naturally, when you want to try something new, you say you want to move to New York City. And so I was really interested in going to college in the city, so I toured a few different places and landed on the King's College, which is a really, really tiny liberal arts college in the city. I think there's like a thousand students. It's very, very small. Um, So I went there for college and moved from Texas, and honestly, my freshman year of college was like the funnest time of my life. I felt like I really enjoyed being in a new place and just met a ton of new friends. It was a really, really great experience. I majored in business management, but at my college, like most smaller colleges, there weren't a ton of different majors to choose from. So it was kind of like if you wanted to do business, you would do business management. There wasn't like marketing and PR and all these different ones. And so I chose that, but it ended up being really helpful for me for my own business because as I'm sure if anyone knows who I am, you probably know that I have a YouTube channel. And so I've been doing like social media stuff since I was literally in sixth grade. So it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I make a lot of just lifestyle content from like vlogs, some beauty and fashion stuff sprinkled in. I do like advice videos, a lot of different stuff. And so that has been like my primary, my primary source of work. Um, all throughout college. But whenever I graduated college, I really didn't know if I wanted to go into kind of like a full-time career or if I wanted to kind of take my side gig doing YouTube to like the next level. 
And I ultimately chose to do a full-time job because I just thought, you know, that's what I was supposed to do. That's what all my friends were doing. At this point, I was graduating a year early, so I just felt very like confused and not sure what path I should go on and was 21 years old, just like still pretty young to be like out in the workforce full time. And so I took a job at a marketing agency and it was so fun. I absolutely loved everyone I worked with, but it was ultimately very difficult to do that job and, you know, YouTube and Instagram full time, which sounds crazy, but my side gig was really turning into a full gig at this point. And so about four months ago, I believe, I left my agency job and I've been doing YouTube and Instagram full time ever since. And I just feel very blessed to be doing that. I know that there are people out there who work like 10 times harder than I do, who have it so much harder. Um, So I just feel very blessed to be able to do this as a job. Not that it's not a full-time job, but it definitely isn't the worst job you can have. And so I'm truly so thankful, but that's kind of like the rundown version Mm -hmm. of who I am, where I started and all that. Yeah, no, I love to hear about people's journey. And I know we all go through different experiences and get to different points at different times. Um, And Mm -hmm. you mentioned you graduated early. So yes, were you supposed to graduate this spring? Yes. And looking back on it, I'm truly so thankful (laughs) that I graduated when I did because I got to have the whole like commencement thing. I got to, you know, apply for jobs and interview in person. I just think of people who are seniors in college now who are supposed to be doing all those things right now, how frustrating that would feel. Um, But at the time, I felt like I was really, you know, leaping ahead. I should stay in school longer. I wasn't ready, but it's kind of funny how those things work out. Not that for people who are graduating now that it's the worst because it'll still be really good. But yeah. Yeah. No. Very thankful. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, definitely looking back now, the timing worked out really well for you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you also mentioned, so you graduated early. Um, was there a specific reason that you wanted to graduate early? I know like, you know, kind of probably being more freelancing and in a sense mm-hmm. like entrepreneurial yourself um was that part of it or did you just Mm. want to just get into the workforce quicker kind of what was that motivation for you yeah I honestly feel like it was a few different things I had taken a lot of AP classes in high school and like just for context I've always been a school person like I loved school I loved writing papers I loved grades like that was really my thing which sounds really dorky to say but it was just something that I felt was really easy to focus my energy on and so I've just naturally really spent a lot of time on school and so I had all these AP credits and it was my sophomore year of college when I went in to like do my um the thing where they like tell you which classes you need to take and all that I forgot what it's called But she told me that I had all these credits and that I was basically graduating a year early, which would have been a year from the time of this meeting. And I was so blindsided. I had no idea that those credits had counted because usually with Mm -hmm. private schools, things don't transfer over as well as if you were going to like a public school and transferring your AP credits. And so I was so confused. I didn't know if I should do an extra minor. I wasn't sure if I was meant to stay in school longer. But it honestly just made a lot more sense, especially financially, to not have to pay for another year of tuition. And so it was kind of one of those things that I just decided I was going to do. 
Um, but at the same time, I would say that my workload with doing social media was also increasing at the same time. And I felt like my college experience was a lot different than the traditional route because I was doing, you know, my job at the same time. And obviously, a lot of people work in college, but it was essentially like my entire weekends were doing my job that could support me to actually live in New York City. So mm-hmm. It made a lot more sense to kind of be done with school early. Um, my college experience is also just like a little odd. I didn't love my experience um, with like social life in college and those things. So I really felt like I was ready for the next stage of life. I don't think I was ready for like hopping into a brand new career as I did, but I was ready to kind of have that independence away from college. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely relate to that as well in a sense where, you know, similar to you, I did a lot of my own business projects and similar aspects, um, you know, while I was in college as well. So I always felt like my weekends and my free time were more so allocated to do those things. Yeah. And it's really hard when you can't like do normal things on the weekends with your friends. And it just got to a point where I was ready to fully like be able to rest on the weekends because I think resting is so important, even if that is like spending time with friends. It was just something that I never really had in college. Whereas now, like I really, truly appreciate having my weekends and it's really sweet. Yeah. Um, And then you went into a full-time job shortly after. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I graduated in May and then I started in June. So it was pretty much right after. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, can you walk us through a little bit about like the process of, you know, the interviewing, you know, why you chose to work for that specific company and then I guess how long you were there for? Yeah. So I wasn't really sure what exactly I wanted to do after college, but I kind of had this mindset that I would hop into something and figure it out, which I don't think is the worst mindset. I think that sometimes you do have to just try something. And for me, I didn't do formal internships because ultimately what I was doing was kind of my internship, like running my own social media. I felt like that was my experience. And so I looked at a lot of different social media marketing jobs and I applied to a ton of different things, but I ultimately had an interview with a very small marketing agency. I think there were about like 45 employees at the time. And they didn't even have like a LinkedIn application or anything. It was literally like I just emailed their contact email on their website. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you're like looking for any entry level positions, but I would love to apply. And they got back to me. And I think I had like five different interviews because they were just very particular about the kind of person that they wanted to work there because it was like an all-female agency, really valued company culture, which I appreciated. And so that was kind of my process. My interviews were, I would say, a lot less about the technicalities of like doing social media marketing because this agency specifically specializes in influencer marketing and totally ahead of the curve. I felt like a lot of the places I applied to were kind of stuck in more traditional ways of doing their marketing versus this company was just very smart. And I felt like it was the first time they actually appreciated me as an influencer, what I did, and kind of understood why that's effective for brands for marketing. And so I felt like my interviews were very just conversational. It wasn't a lot of like, hey, do you know this certain analytic? Do you know like how to measure ROI for this campaign? It wasn't stuff like that. It was more just who I was as a person, kind of my experience, what kind of 
path I was looking to go for. And I ultimately got hired, I think, a month after interviewing and then started in June. So that was kind of my process. It was really smooth and I didn't have the experience where I had like 10 different jobs to choose from. I just kind of knew that this was the one that I wanted to take and it worked out um, for the short term. So yeah, and that's awesome too. I I certainly know that feeling of like when you're in that interview process and mm-hmm. exploring different companies and just kind of knowing which one you felt the most connected with. I feel like, yeah, yeah sometimes you just know. <laughs> I think it's kind of like whenever you're touring colleges, you kind of just get like that gut feeling. And I always tell people that I think interviews are as much for you as it is for them. I think sometimes we go in thinking like, oh, this is all about me impressing them. But it's also a choice you're making. And you want to make sure that like you feel impressed to work exactly. there if you're going to dedicate X amount of hours. So I totally agree. And I know you were there for a short period of time. So how long were you there for approximately? And I guess kind of what was the thought process leading up to, I guess, prior to officially quitting? Yeah. So I was there for seven months, which is super short. And I normally would not recommend anyone to leave a job seven months in because it doesn't exactly look the best if you're trying to hop into a new like formal career. Um, But for me doing like freelancing, it just made sense. Um, But I would say that there were about five solid months of me working there where I felt really confident in my work and I felt that I was doing a good job. I felt like I was really bonding with my coworkers and just ultimately doing creative work for the company. And they definitely thought that too. Um, But my personality type, I'm very much a person who likes to go 100% into one thing versus doing like 30% in three different things or four different things. And so it got to a point where it was very difficult to fully invest my time in the agency work while also fully investing time in my personal work. And then financially, it just got to a point where it didn't make sense to be contributing, you know, 60 plus hours a week to this agency job when financially it made more sense to be doing what I was doing for myself full time. And it was a very hard kind of leap of faith to take because I think naturally as a freelancer, you know, you don't have job stability. You don't have health insurance from your company. You don't have all these benefits that you get from working with like an actual boss. But I do think you get a lot of freedom and, you know, creating your own schedule and just knowing that ultimately like the work that you do, it's fully on you and like you at the end of the day are accountable for it. And I think those are the good things about it. And so I would say about a month before I left, I like met with my boss and just kind of opened up to her. And even when I was hired, they fully knew that I had the opportunity to like work for myself full time. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of a conversation we even had at the beginning. And I really appreciate the founder of this company. She like really supports influencers. And I think she recognizes that it's an industry that not a lot of people understand But she does especially and she just made it clear that like, hey, I totally understand what you do as a full-time job. And like if you ever feel like you can't do both, like we understand and there will be no hard feelings. And I was really grateful for that because it kind of made the leaving process a lot easier. And so I met with my boss, kind of opened up and she gave me a few different options. She said I could work for like an hourly rate and just kind of pick my hours if I wanted to do that instead of working full time. But I ultimately made the decision just to fully do what I was doing. And it was so sad leaving my coworkers. I still hang out with them now because 
I think that in college, I never really found like female friends who were supportive and just fun to be around versus, you know, at this agency, like the girls were so kind and so welcoming and we just had a lot of fun. And so it was really sad to leave, but we still keep in touch. And now I even do like brand campaigns with this agency, which is cool Um, versus like when I was there, I wasn't allowed to like work with the brands that we worked with, which makes sense. And so it's kind of like the best of both worlds, but that was kind of my process leaving. Oh, wow. That's super nice. I definitely... What caught my eye was the fact that the founder of the company fully acknowledged what you do outside Mm -hmm. of the job and actually acknowledging, you know, that if it got to a point where you were too busy or, you know, essentially too overwhelmed with work overload that she'd understand. I think that's super rare, to be honest, because I've Mm -hmm. actually had employers tell me that because I have my own business um, and, and all these different things that they it's a red flag to them. Mm. And I remember during my hiring process, I was like kind of offended. I was like, how is that a red flag when I'm yeah. still applying to work here? I'm proving, you know, like that I can contribute to the company as a whole. Mm. Um, so I think that's super awesome that you got to experience that, I guess, positive perspective from someone that like respects what you do and respects if you decide to leave as well. Yeah. And I think it really shows that they were not insecure in their work too. Because I think when employers get nervous, I mean, it's obviously like they're worried that you won't be able to balance the two and you won't be able to do a good job. But it almost made me want to work harder in the job knowing that she had that respect for what I was doing on the side. And so Mm -hmm. I was really grateful for it. And I definitely think it's rare. So Did you have, um, I guess, any way to evaluate financially from like a financial standpoint when or if you Mm -hmm. were ready to leave that job? Or um, because I know you mentioned that prior to this, you were you technically could have already just worked for yourself, but you decided Mm -hmm. to do this anyways. Um, I know some people who do leave a full-time job sometimes have like that financial evaluation on whether, okay, once I hit this point um, on what, what I'm doing in my freelance world or my business, I can quit my full-time job. Did you have something similar to that or did you just kind of wing it in a sense? Yeah, I definitely was very careful about the financial aspect of making sure it was a smart decision to leave because I've always been grateful for the fact that I've been able to do this for so long and so I mean, financially, like for savings, it was never a problem that I wouldn't be able to like have the savings to back it up. But I think specifically while I was working, it got to a point where I was saying no to so many different deals with brands um, because I just didn't have the time to be able to post enough to like do the sponsored content. And at this time, I think I was putting in about maybe 20 hours a week into my social media stuff while working at the agency and just seeing the payoff of working 20 hours versus working 60 hours at this agency. It was just like night and day. It was so different. And so I, after doing that for like a few months, it got to a point where I realized like this isn't just, you know, a moment where I'm making good money, but then it's going to stop. Like it was consistently me saying no to all these different sponsorships. And then I also kind of had a moment where I realized I was really 
not asking enough from these brands who I was doing these deals with because a lot of people on YouTube and Instagram, they have managers who help them kind of go back and forth with brands and negotiate deals and do contracts. But Mm -hmm. at my agency job, that was literally what I was doing like on the brand side. And so I learned so much about, hey, this is what like, you know, is a fair rate if a brand wants to use your content in like a paid ad or this is a fair rate if they want you to not work with these brands for 30 days, like what kind of fee should you charge? And so I really learned about pricing for what I do. And that's kind of when I started to charge more for my services, which I don't think is offensive. I think as a freelancer, you need to know your worth and you need to know like what the industry average is. And so once I got educated about that, it really did help me be in a better financial position to be able to kind of take the leap. But I definitely don't think that anyone should do it if they don't feel financial security. I've always been the kind of person who lives below my means as well. I know a lot of people who live in New York City who have like crazy rent and obviously rent is expensive for anyone. Like rent in New York City is insane, but Mm -hmm. I have always, you know, had roommates. I have a tiny room that most people would consider, you know, a closet right now. Like I just, I'm used to living below my means to be able to do this full time. And, you know, one day, like maybe my apartment will be nicer when I'm like making more. But for now, I'm like in a comfortable position, but also in a very financially stable position because I really prefer to live more of a frugal lifestyle than to kind of like go crazy, but then not feel comfortable financially. Yeah. And I have so much respect for you, especially in that area too, where like you understand the sacrifices you have to make, um, you know, in order to be able to do this freelancing thing like for yourself and to be able to build your name and build your brand while also being able to, you know, not just make ends meet, but to also have enough like saved in a sense. So I think that's such a good lesson like for anyone regardless if they're a freelancer or if they're you know working full-time as well is to like not just I guess get caught up in what people do on Instagram and how they spend their money and like I guess have a sense of FOMO in a way you know what I mean yeah yeah no totally um, I wanted to ask, you know, since you have done YouTube for a while and essentially the social media and influencer aspect, um, did you always feel prone to doing something in freelancing? Like as a kid growing up, were you drawn to that naturally? Um, I think yes. And the reason why is it's always been the thing that I've done. I am the youngest of five kids. And so growing up, my parents were always like doing their jobs and whatnot. And so we really had to make our own fun and like had to figure out how to get ourselves out of boredom. And so that is ultimately when I started my channel when I was in sixth grade. I would just like come home from school and I would make videos with my sisters. And it started kind of as like little silly music videos, almost like how TikTok is now. That's how it was. I would just like run home and do that. And then gradually I found like the beauty and fashion aspect of things and started making videos for that. And then I found the vlog aspects. And that's when I think my channel really took off more is whenever I started doing more lifestyle vlog stuff. But it was really the thing that I would do when I was bored. And that's what I always tell people whenever they're trying to find their passion and what they really feel called to do. It's just like, look at what you do when you're bored, when you have free time, because that ultimately is what you should be doing, because it shows that you actually like doing it and you're using your creativity and whatnot. 
And so in high school, I just feel like I didn't even have a life. Like I would study for school and then I would make videos. And I think that is when it really paid off and paved the way for me to be able to do it full time was like putting in those hours when, you know, people didn't make money off YouTube, when it wasn't cool to do, when influencer wasn't even a word. Like that is where I think me and a lot of my friends on YouTube started and where it really paid off. Not that now you can't start it like you totally can and it's a much more fortunate time to start it because you can make money and you can see the rewards for your work um but yeah i just have always been used to kind of doing my own thing and i'm naturally just more of a self-disciplined person i don't need someone to tell me to do something because i'm always the person who's telling me to do stuff almost to a fault where it's like sometimes i just put a lot of pressure on myself but I think it is something that's like kind of in your DNA, but then it's also something that you work at to kind of be your own boss and do your own thing. Yeah. I like that you say too that, you know, trying to look back into what you like to do when you're bored and like what you're naturally drawn to. Um, I personally have always said that as well as like advice to other people when figuring out, you know, what it is that you want to do on the side or maybe something, you know, when people feel stuck in their job or stuck in school and not really studying something that they want to eventually, you know, utilize as part of their career path. I tell them to look inwards and like, look at what you are like naturally drawn to, to do like when you're bored and that kind of thing. So I really like that you pointed that out as well, because Mm -hmm. obviously you've used it to your advantage now and, and have naturally turned it into what you do today. Yeah, no, it is so true. Mm-hmm. So I guess moving on to kind of your New York life now, um, just to be clear, because I wanted to make sure, did you move straight from Texas to New York? Yes, I did. So okay. it was right after I graduated my senior year of high school and then moved for college. Okay, super cool. So what was your thought process on New York City? And like, can you share the moving process, um, you know, from from Texas to college there and, you know, where you're at now? Yeah. So when I moved my freshman year of college, I wanted to live like in the dorms of my college. But the funny thing about New York City is even if you're in a dorm, it doesn't feel like a dorm because you're still in like an apartment building. And so it did feel like I was like moving out on my own for the first time. But my college would randomly place you in like one of these different four buildings. And there was one that was like a beautiful high rise. And there was like another one that was another beautiful high rise. And then mine was like this tiny, super old, honestly kind of looked like haunted (laughs) little (laughs) apartment building. And I lived in a tiny studio apartment that was literally like the size of my room back home with another roommate. So I literally did the New York thing where you move into a tiny, tiny apartment, but it was so fun. I think my freshman year of college, like that first semester, I was just so excited for everything and was in such a new environment. I was meeting all these friends that I didn't really have time to think about the changes of like moving into a new place because it was all just so exciting and fun. And I think that New York City is such a great place to grow up because you really are forced to grow up so fast. And it was honestly a really good process. My apartment that I lived in, I lived in there for two years. And then a year after that, I moved into like my own apartment with one of my friends. And we still shared a room and everything. And so it was still tight living, but we were in like a nice building with amenities, which is fun. 
And then I ultimately moved out this past year into an apartment with my friend from home in Texas. Her name is Rose. She goes to Parsons. But we live now there. And it's like my first year with my own room. So I feel like I've really graduated in New York life, not sharing a room with someone. Um, But yeah, if anyone's moving to New York, I would say the biggest tip I would have is just to make sure you really downsize the amount of stuff that you have. It's been really good for me to really learn to minimize my clothes and furniture and like even just little trinkets because every year I move, I'm always so confused how I have so much stuff. (laughs) And in New York, you're just in tiny apartments and it makes it easier when you're moving around to have less stuff. So that'd be my biggest tip. But also, it's so much fun and I seriously would do it all over again if I could because it was great. Yeah. What would you say is like the biggest benefit you've found so far uh, from living in a big metro city like New York at this age? Hmm. I think the thing that I love the most is it makes me appreciate anywhere else a lot more. I don't know if this makes sense, but I think in New York, there are really high highs, but then also really low lows. And so there's always something to do. There are always like people to meet. I feel like I have had so many great YouTube connections being here, just getting to meet with really awesome brands, getting to meet people from different PR agencies, just have a lot of connections. But then at the same time, like it is extremely expensive and you really have to learn how to budget your money well and you really have to learn to just, you know, live a more frugal lifestyle Um, and just like getting an apartment in itself by yourself when you're reading a contract and dealing with a broker when real estate in New York just goes so fast. Like if you tour an apartment the next day, someone else is going to have it. Like you just have to grow up really fast. And Mm -hmm. then it's funny because now when I come back home to Texas, I just appreciate like driving my car. I appreciate having my own like large bedroom. I appreciate all these little things that I don't have in New York, but then you also miss like the good parts of New York. So it's a really great place if you're looking to grow up and it's hard, but it's definitely worth living there. And I miss it a lot right now because it's the best. I know. I know. I, I've always been very drawn to like New York City and like that metro life, I feel. So um, mm-hmm. definitely uh, looking forward to hopefully being there soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so fun. And I think that most people who are attracted to live there, they just love like the hustle and bustle and it really never gets old. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I just want to chill out, but then you just go into your apartment and it's fine. But then there's always something to do when you go out. So it's great. Yeah, no, I I think it's super awesome too. Um, I guess I now want to move into a little bit about your relationship because I know you mentioned that you are getting married. Yes. (laughs) And I think that's super exciting. And I feel like your story is like unique, especially with today's dating culture, as I'm sure you're aware, like, you know, how there's a lot of dating apps and it's a little bit less traditional nowadays. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I definitely would say I'm a little bit more on the traditional side, but that's Mm -hmm. why I love seeing stories and especially people like you who, you know, share that with an audience and like share that traditional aspect. So could you dive a little bit into your relationship, how you met him and, um, you know, kind of the path to whatever extent you want to share? Yeah. So I met Aiden my freshman year of college. And it was funny because whenever I moved from Texas, I was actually coming out of a breakup that wasn't anything like awful, but I had dated this guy for three years and 
just told myself like, you know what, Michelle, you're going to be single for a year. You're going to say yes to like being social and you're just going to have the time of your life. And then my first week of college, in my college, we have like brother houses and sister houses. So it's kind of like sororities and fraternities, but you're automatically placed in them and you can kind of choose like how involved you want to be. It's mainly just like meet friends and whatnot, but you don't have to pay any money or anything. And so he was in my brother house and we were having like a sister brother house gathering and I had met him like that first week of college and honestly didn't really think twice about him. I just thought like, oh, this guy's nice. But <laughs> he told me later, he was like, I was really worried that someone was going to like sweep you up and ask you on a date. And so he had texted me like a week later and asked if I wanted to go out on a date, which was just oh. really odd because I feel like now guys don't just like ask girls out, especially if they don't know them as friends first. But we literally hung out for like two months and I was still on my thing where I didn't want to like be in a relationship. And so I was just telling him like, oh, we're just friends. We're just friends. But then we don't even really have like a formal date when we started dating because it just kind of naturally evolved into that. But that was like one of the happiest times of my life. We would spend at like so many hours on this promenade in Brooklyn that we'd walk back and forth on like by the water and we'd just stay up to like 3 a.m., which I never did before and really had so many good conversations. And I think that falling in love in New York City is like so magical. It literally feels like a movie. And sometimes in New York City, things really don't feel like a movie, but that's one thing that does feel super fun. And so I've been dating him for about three and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool because we met when we were 18. And I really feel like as people, whenever you're dating from a young age, you can either really grow closer together or you can change and grow apart, which is not a bad thing because naturally you just change as you get older. But I really feel like we just grew closer and like our affection for each other and it's just like really sweet to look back on, but he proposed December of this past year, 2019. And so we've been engaged for a few months, but yeah, it's definitely not normal. Mm -hmm. I have never been the kind of person who really liked to like date around, which is totally fine to do. I'm like not judging. I just never felt comfortable doing that. I always felt like it was hard for me to like like someone and then go out with someone else and like them and right. it just didn't work. And so naturally I've only had like one boyfriend before Aiden. And so I just kind of have always had that personality and totally fine again if like you don't have that kind of personality, but I think it's whatever works for you. And I think that we are both kind of naturally more mature people. And so while getting married at 22 is like crazy for New York City standards. In Texas, like it's pretty normal. <laughs> Most right. people like do get married a little bit, quote, younger. It's just like different. It depends on your personality type. And I think that people get really caught up in thinking that they need to be in a stage of life that they're not at at the moment. And I just think everything's different. Everyone's different. And you just got to follow, you know, what you feel like you should do for yourself. And so that's kind of our story. That's so cute. Honestly, I was imagining this as like a movie as you were describing it. Too, like a little New York movie. I think that's so sweet. Wow. Definitely props to him for like <laughs> the gentleman and asking you out on a date. I could not agree more with the fact that 
guys need to like that just needs to come back more like not yeah. the, you know dating and, yeah <laughs> I always tell my guy friends I'm like just like ask a girl out if like you want to if you like her right. because I don't think anyone doesn't want to go on a date but then they're always like that's so creepy I don't want to look like I'm like weird I'm like why would you look weird <laughs> for wanting to take her out and like getting dinner I don't understand exactly. it's just so different I yeah times have changed but I know I know have you always um imagined yourself like getting married early or was there I don't know I was curious like was there ever like a conversation about it or is that something you know you ever had like you know how when we're growing up as a teenager we always kind of imagine like oh when we're probably gonna get married yeah yeah I think that I have always kind of been the person who wanted to get married at a younger age but I think the reason why is I've never really fully like dated someone unless I knew that they were potentially someone who I could see myself with. Like even in high school, I just felt like there were certain standards that I had. Um, and even with Aiden, like it took me a while to actually be in like a committed relationship with him because I'm just very careful with the way that I date. And that's always how I've been. And it got to a point where I'm like, we've dated for three years. I'm like, why would I wait like three more years to marry him if I know that like he's the one that I want to be with? So. Right. Wow. Wow. No, that's super cool. And I, and I really do like your thought process so much in the way like you hold such a high standard for yourself because I think that, you know, like like you said, not like there's anything wrong with dating around because like I'm sure everyone has ex- has experienced, you know, both sides one way or another. But I do love seeing when people like bring back that traditional aspect of like, you know, being a little bit more steady or just having, um, you know, some sort of standard where you're just not like letting people in all the time or like, you know, just like having more conviction in, in your decision, like whether you date this person or not. Um, like personally for me, I really like that. And I do love when I get to see a little bit you know, that coming back more, especially with today's dating culture and social media and whatnot. Yeah, I know. I just find that I'm naturally a very quiet person and it takes me so long to really open up to people that I never felt like I would be able to go on all these dates with guys and like get to know them. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the first time I hang out with people, it's always a little awkward because I'm just like naturally more of a quiet person. And so it takes me a while to kind of like get out of my shell. And I think it's cool whenever you like date someone and they kind of have to work at like cracking that shell. I think it's part of like the dating process and you know, it's good. Yeah, totally, totally. So two more questions here. The first one being, where do you see yourself five years from today? And I guess that could be in all areas of life. So professionally, personally, all of that stuff. Mm. Yeah. I always feel like I never know how to answer (laughs) this question. I right now, like in a professional setting or a business setting, I'm really trying to come up with ways to take what I do offline. So whether that be like selling a product, whether that be just like coming up with some sort of like alternative business that doesn't have to do with like me, Michelle Reed as a person, because sometimes it is hard whenever you are like an online person to kind of differentiate yourself from your business. And I'm trying to come up with ways right now to kind of like have a way to have a business that's not associated with me directly, if that makes sense. And so that's kind of the next step. I hope in five years I will have figured that out because I'm still in the brainstorming session. Mm -hmm. And so 
I'm not really sure what that looks like right now, but that's kind of the route that I'm going at. I'm also launching a podcast soon, which has been really up and coming for a while. And I put it off because all the world went crazy and I felt like it wasn't a good time. But I think within the next couple of weeks, that'll be out. So it'll be fun having a new kind of venture there. Um, I've already recorded like eight different episodes, but it'll officially be out, which is good. Oh, that's exciting. And then – yeah, I'm really excited because podcasting is so cool. I know some people like love podcasts and then some people really don't like them, but I'm such a fan. Like I listen to so many different podcasts, mm-hmm. so I can't wait. Um, I guess for my personal life, at this point I will be 26. And so the thing right now that I'm not sure is if I'm still going to be in New York City or not. I feel really torn between like being there for the long haul or like eventually moving to Texas. I would like to have like an actual house by this point. And so we will see where I end up. Um, Aiden also works in finance. And so it makes a lot more sense to be in New York City versus here, even though in the Dallas area, there's definitely a lot more up and coming. So possibly in New York City, possibly in Texas. Um, I probably will not have children by this point. (laughs) I do not think, but (laughs) we will see. I guess I can't totally say that. Um, But yeah, I guess that's kind of my five-year plan. I really hope to be just like closer with my family, closer to my relationships. Um, But right now, I'm just really enjoying life right now. It's really good. That's so exciting. I always love hearing people's five-year plan because it's just nice to kind of look back at, you know, at at those five years and like see what you think, you know, like where you imagine yourself being and then where you actually are. It's always like a trip in a sense. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I never thought I'd be here where I'm at right now. So it's just crazy how you never really know. I know. Um, Well, last question and it is what fulfills you? What fulfills me? Hmm. I think at the end of the day, This is something that I talk about like here and there on my channel. It's not like a huge part of my channel, but I do talk about, you know, being a Christian and my faith. And I think at the end of the day, that is the thing that really does fulfill me is, you know, my faith in Christ, because I realize this a lot as I get older, especially being like in the public's eye, it's really easy to seek after like the approval of others whether that be the people who are like watching my videos, whether that be like a boss, whether that be in your friendships or relationships. I don't think that for me, anything is ever going to fulfill me as much as, you know, the the relationship that I have with God. And so at the end of the day, that has to be it. There's nothing really else that fulfills me to that point. Um, And then just like loving other people. And I think that's what I try to do through my videos is just to be like a positive, bright spot for other people who are going through other things, who have challenges in their life. I just want them to be able to watch my videos and kind of feel a sense of relief and feel like they're at peace. And that's how I want people to feel in my relationships as well. And so I would say that those two things are probably what fulfills me. I love it. I love it. And do you have any last and final words or I guess final pieces of advice for the audience? Hmm. I think that I would just say, I touched on this earlier, but just know that your path is never going to be the same as anybody else's. I think in life, we have a tendency to kind of look at people around us and feel that we're ahead or behind or not moving fast enough or whatever it is. And 
for me personally, I've, you know, graduated early. I've rushed into a job. I've done a lot of things that I think back if I would have just slowed down and really taken my time and not felt the need to be, you know, 10 steps ahead of where I'm at, I think like, what would my life have been? But at the same time, everything happens for a reason. And if you make mistakes, that that's totally okay. And it kind of just redirects you where you're supposed to be. Um, But just trust the process and know that your path is unique and that's okay. I love that. Great advice. Um, Where can we find you on social media? You can share your Instagram, your channel, and everything that you have. Yeah. So my Instagram is at Michelle Reed, just M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-E-E-D. And then my YouTube channel is also just the same thing, just my name, Michelle Reed. And then my podcast should be coming up within the next two weeks. And today's April 8th. So by the time that comes. Um, It's called But What's Next with me and Michelle Reed. It has a lot to do with like post-grad life and like networking, finding a job, all those things. So that will be TBD here soon, but that's where you can find me. Super awesome. And I'll definitely link all of your social links in the show notes as well. So those who are listening, they can find you there if they haven't found you already. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on today. And I hope you stay safe and healthy during this quarantine. (laughs) You too, Emily. That was today's guest episode with Michelle Reed. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I think this conversation was just super unique overall, and I think Michelle has a really um, unique take on life and just has a very grand perspective on things, which, like I said before, I respect so much, and I think she just holds herself to a really high standard and is a great role model. So definitely check out her social media, and like she said, her podcast, I believe, is coming out next week, so definitely check that out as well. Again, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much to me, and it would literally take 30 seconds. Again, thanks so much, and I will talk with you guys in the next episode. Bye! And before you leave, guys, I have to give a shout out to the sponsor of this podcast, Brooke Linen. I've been wearing their loungewear all day, every day during quarantine. And let me just say, with full honesty, their loungewear is definitely the top, if not one of the best I've ever had. The hoodie I've been wearing, which is essentially just a men's hoodie that I bought with the intention of having as an oversized hoodie, is so freaking soft. And I love feeling so comfy in it all day. They have super nice like loungewear pants as well. I also have their robe that I wear after the shower. (laughs) So they have a lot of great options. And if you're curious, definitely go check them out. You can get $20 off of your purchase of over 100 with my code EMILYD20. That code is again EMILYD20 for $20 off of your purchase.